Five o'clock in pirate country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In five, four, three, two, one. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Great pull there by our uh, producer, Ben Byram, uh, and a melancholy start to Rocktober uh, and the Patrick Johnson Show today, where we're going to hear from Mike Houston coming up in a few minutes. Rock and roll legend, guitar legend, Eddie Van Halen, dead at the age of 65, uh, suffering from throat cancer. I had heard this a while back on a show. And I guess Eddie had denied that this was an issue. And, I mean, when you talk about uh, all-time great guitar players, uh, Eddie Van Halen is in that is on that list, and Eddie Van Halen is uh, a big part of that. Uh, reading from the New York Post here, musician Eddie Van, Eddie Van Halen has died. He was 65, the iconic guitarist and founder of uh, the rock band Van Halen lost his battle with throat cancer. Van Halen's son, Wolfgang, shared a touching memorial to his father, confirming the heartbreaking news, and that is on uh, Twitter. Uh, Eddie Van Halen, uh, dead at the age of 65. Van Halen, of course, formed in uh, 1972 in Pasadena, California. Eddie Van Halen, his brother Alex, David Lee Roth, Michael Anthony, and uh, it has been a soap opera in the back half, and, and really maybe back 60% of their career, but uh, Eddie Van Halen, dead at the age of 65. Boy, doesn't that stink. really does. Uh, we'll have some uh, more Van Halen throughout the show here today as a, a tribute. I know Ben, a big fan, my uh, good friend, uh, the Mad Hatter of Moorhead City, the common man, uh, Chris Vegas Hill. Uh, he's a huge Van Halen fan. Has seen him in concert many, many a time. Uh, so uh, that's, uh, that's, that stinks. It does. Uh, Mike Houston, uh, coming up in just seconds here with us on the phone. We'll also go back and relive some of the coach's comments from earlier today uh, during his press conference via Zoom. Coach, uh, a little testy there. Uh, we'll uh, had some, some interesting things to say, but uh, Coach Houston joins us uh, here on the Patrick Johnson Show, as he does every Tuesday. Of course, we'll have coverage of uh, USF and ECU from Tampa beginning at 4 o'clock with our Pirate game day countdown. The game kicking off at 7 o'clock on Saturday night from the Sunshine State. And joining us at this time is Mike Houston, head coach of the ECU Pirates in his uh, second year, about to play game number three of uh, this unique second uh, season at the helm of the Pirate program. Coach, thank you for taking some time with us. You know, we always talk uh, about, uh, uh, you know, the reviewing of the film and the eye in the sky and, and things that you take a look at. I'm, I'm curious to get your assessment of things because I know you guys virtually got off the plane and have pretty much been uh, going over this game film repeatedly to make uh, adjustments to write this thing. What are you seeing from uh, that game film study that you've employed since uh, Saturday and early Sunday? I mean, obviously, uh, you know, disappointing loss to, to, to a very good Georgia State team. And that's, you know, one thing I don't think a lot of people, um, you know, understand is, 
you know, I said last week, you know, a very quality team, a veteran team. Um, you know, Sean's done a great job building that program there. And, uh, you know, he went through his rocky years and now he's on the other side of it with, uh, you know, a bunch of juniors and seniors and older players, especially up front. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's a good program, good team. So, uh, you know, wish we'd have played better. Uh, wish we hadn't made some of the mistakes we made. Um, but, uh, you know, spent a lot of time the last, uh, you know, over the weekend, uh, watching that film and, uh, you know, looking very closely in all areas that, uh, you know, things we can do better, uh, adjustments we need to make, um, you know, some, some things that we need to really look at going into this week and then, you know, getting ready for South Florida. Coach, the thing that I, I think that continues to kind of haunt this football team, maybe it's uh, youth, you can elaborate on it, I'm sure, but it just seems like unforced errors, kind of uh, mistakes that you wouldn't expect uh, have, have been something that's been a real, uh, a real thorn in the side so far of the team. Well, I mean, I think, uh, you know, you look uh, offensively, um, you know, we, we didn't do a great job in protection uh, on Saturday. Uh, and, you know, a lot of reasons for that. You got a couple of a couple of experienced uh, linemen that are out right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have a couple of guys starting their first college game Saturday. Uh, you have some other guys starting their second college game Saturday. Uh, and, you know, they make some minor mistakes. And, you know, those minor mistakes uh, turned into – some bust and protection. Uh, certainly, you know, not because of lack of effort. Uh, you know, we just gotta we gotta do a great job as coaches this week of, of getting that stuff solidified, so we don't make those uh, those mistakes. That we try to get that group, uh, which that was you know kind of their first game working together, uh, try and get that group some uh, cohesiveness and uh, you know just working together because that's what protections are. Um, and I think that you know that forced some of the errors on the offensive side of the ball. Um, the defensive side of the ball, uh, you know, a couple of errors resulted in some big plays. Right. Uh, you know, those those errors were from, you know, young players. Uh, the great thing is that experience is scarring, uh, but it's but it's experience, you know, and, and it helps you, you know, not make those mistakes a second time. Uh, and, you know, so did a lot of good things too, though. Uh, you know, I, I am pleased with some of the positive things we did do. I thought we played uh, – pretty solid in the second half defensively. Uh, obviously, we played very, very well in special teams. Uh, and, you know, we had some guys on the offensive side of the ball that, uh, you know, had solid games as well. And it, it shows maybe a little bit in where the final ends up being. But one of the things that I found encouraging, I said this yesterday on the radio, the effort to me continued in the second half. But it would have been very easy. And unfortunately, we've seen this uh, in, in other incarnations of pirate teams. Rough first half, and then you know the the kids don't show up and play in the in the second half. That that didn't seem to me to be the case Saturday. I, I thought I thought your team continued to play hard, and I, and I think that is a real positive for this program moving forward. I Man, if you don't have that, you don't have anything. Right, and yeah. that's uh, you got you got you got to have that. Um, you got to play hard, and you got to compete because everybody plays hard. And, uh, you know, you look at the final score, uh, it's a little bit misleading. I mean, you know, the last touchdown, you know, we went for it deep in our own territory, didn't get it, um, you know, and, uh, you know, took some chances on defense. And they, you know, they stuck a touchdown in with, you know, 20 seconds on the clock. So, um, 
you know, that, that's a little misleading. Uh, you know, probably the pick six uh, from Holton uh, there in the fourth quarter with yeah. him forcing it a little bit, trying to, you know, trying to get us back in the game. And, um, you know, the special teams play had gotten us back in the game. So we didn't play very good in the first half, uh, played much better in the second half. Uh, you know, got the game back where it was competitive and just, uh, you know, didn't make a couple of plays there that could have got it to a one-score game uh, and, you know, with five, six minutes left. And then you have a, you know, you have a great shot to win. Coach Mike Houston uh, with us here on the Patrick Johnson Show. ECU at South Florida Saturday, 7 o'clock. Uh, our coverage begins at 4 uh, with our Pirate Game Day countdown driven by Doug Henry Automotive, uh, Terrence Copper, and myself after uh, game coverage. Uh, I'll be back in with uh, Eric Graham as we'll uh, break things down on our uh, no-quarter post-game show. Pirates 0-2 coming in, USF 1-2 after a loss at Cincinnati. Yeah, there was the early spark, too, Coach. That uh, was a good thing to see, and I want to talk a little bit about the defense uh, here with you. Uh, but uh, kind of a, a good way to start the game, and I'm sure the sideline was fired up, and you have to feel good for, for Warren Saber. That's one of those uh, things. Uh, the, the, the way he made the interception and the return yardage, uh, as he gets further down in his life, it'll be a catch that he made that was greater and he ran a hundred yards eventually going in, but that's a, that's a nice highlight for him though. Well, I'm, I'm just proud of Warren period. Um, you know, that's, that's a kid that, uh, you know, you know, had some, had some rough times before I got here and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, but probably scarred a little bit from that, but, uh, you know, really turned everything around you know, uh, on the field, off the field, everything. And just, you know, just really a positive part of our team uh, and a guy that's worked very, very hard to get on the field. And he had a solid game Saturday and not just that one play. Uh, Certainly that one play sticks out, but he he played very solid and he had worked, uh, you know, to give himself to be a first-time starter. You know, he was not a starter in the past and has worked very hard to give himself that opportunity this year. And, And, you know, what a great, play to start the game and uh just really happy for him another kid uh that you spoke very highly of uh he led the pirates and tackles saturday Jira wilson who is uh really just continues to, to impress out there yeah another first time starter um has worked very very hard in the off season i have you know extremely high expectations for Jira. he's still young uh but uh he's going to he's another one of those guys that's going to get better and better every week and, uh, you know, with, you know, three years of eligibility left, I mean, everybody can imagine just, you know, what the, what the future could look like for him. But, you know, solid character kid, uh, you know, a, a quiet leader, uh, but plays uh, with a with kind of intensity that we want to play with. Coach, uh, you, you referenced special teams. Uh, there was the, the Tyler Sneed fake field goal that leads to, to six and what a game he had. And also Blake Pearl, the, the block punt. And, if I recall, it seemed like you all may have had a shot at blocking one uh, early in the game or, or a kick early in the game. Uh, but those were two plays that, uh, you know, it gave gave a little bit of juice in the second half. And right. I mean, th- there's an area where uh, I- I'm sure now you've put something on film that teams are going to have to account for because, you know, there's so many starters and, and guys that you play on special teams that, uh, that, that are out there most every snap as well. Well, and, I, and I, I'm, I'm proud of the – you know, kind of the, you know, the improvement we've made in special teams over the last two years. And, you know, Steve Shankweiler, veteran guy, you know, um, you know, worked with him on, you know, the field goal fake and, uh, you know, talked to Tyler Thursday and Friday and said, you know, forget this look, 
you know, just be ready on Saturday. And, and uh, you know, Shank, you know, throughout the game, we knew it was going to be there. So we just found the right opportunity to, to use it. Uh, and then, you know, with the pump block, again, you know, uh, you know, Coach Weaver uh, has uh, been with me at multiple stops and mm-hmm. does a great job with that uh, with that unit right there. And, uh, you know, really worked on that hard all week, thought it would be there. Uh, we had one in the first half and just did not execute it uh, properly. Uh, but, uh, you know, even after that first one, uh, we knew with one correction that, you know, the next time we went after it, there was a great chance we were going to get it. And, uh, you know, it's so great to see Blake. You know, you never know with those blocks the way we design them. It's one of, you know, three or four people that could come clean. And he was the one that came clean and executed our fundamentals that we work each, each Sunday just perfectly, taking the ball off the foot. You know, the ball popped right up to him and, and able to, uh, you know, get another score. And so, those you know, those two scores got us, you know, back in the game, got it inside of two touchdowns. And that's why I say, you know, if we could have just, you know, done one more thing there in the fourth quarter to get it to a one-score game or inside of seven points, then, you know, obviously you have a shot there at the end. Sneed, uh, with a, a tremendous all-purpose day, I, I'm a little surprised he didn't get uh, some sort of honor roll mention from from the league. Uh, but 11 catches, 111 yards, pro with 11 uh, catches, and, and now he's got a, a streak going of at least one catch. Uh, they're benefiting, it, it seems, from all the attention being paid to C.J. Johnson. I'm going to ask a question I'm sure you've heard uh, a lot in the last two weeks as far as uh, C.J. Johnson getting on track. There was some pass interference. I mean, it seems like he's getting grabbed in every route that he runs. Uh, and uh, and you did pick up some penalty yardage uh, in this last game as a result of some of that. But as you try to get C.J. on track, what are you pinpointing to, to kind of get him going? Well, I think, number one, you're right in that, you know, he is receiving a lot of attention from opposing defenses. Um, you know, people are grabbing and holding him. And, you know, it doesn't always get called. I was I – was, very frustrated with, you know, kind of a tic-tac pass interference call on, on Malik there Saturday, and then they, mm-hmm. you know, allowed them to hold CJ the way they did all day. He got multiple interference calls, but, uh, you know, you virtually could have called it every time that he, uh, you know, went out for a pass. So, um, you know, he's going to get going. Um, you know, we've got to do a better job of, uh, of getting him going. Um, you know, he's, he and I, you know, talk, you know, quite often and, uh, you know, he's, he's working very hard to correct the things that he can correct so that uh, he performs better. And then, you know, we've got to do a better job coaching staff-wise. We've got uh, Coach Houston on the line with us here, Patrick Johnson Show, uh, Holton with a, a tough day. Was it a case in some of those instances? I know the protection was not there. Offensive line really struggled. But in a couple of those picks, is that a case of just, just bad throws or maybe him trying to do a little too much, as you referenced uh, earlier in the fourth quarter? I think it's a case of all of the above. I mean, he he was he did not have the luxury of being able to get his feet set and uh, you know being able to have the time consistently to to make the accurate throws. You know, we did a a slightly better job in the second half, and thus his production in the second half was much better. Um, but you know, and and he 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 did uh, you know press a little bit and uh, force a couple of things, and but uh, it's it's not. It, it, I, I don't put anything on him. I mean, I just, you know, we've got to, we've got to do a better job of preparation of him and we've got to protect him. You know, he's a quality player uh, and uh, I'm glad he's here and uh, nobody wants to win worse than he does. And he's going to work this week uh, very hard to make sure that he plays at a higher level. And we've got to work very hard with our, with our, our surrounding cast to make sure that we support him better. 
Coach, one, one thing I want to pick up on there, you uh, – and we know you want to win. I mean, you're, you're as, as great a competitor as anybody on the planet. But, uh, you know, I, I, I get the sense that uh, – and you've even said this – the, the the kids on the roster want to win worse than anybody. They, they want to turn this thing There's around no worse than anybody. And I think sometimes that's a little lost in some people's minds. I mean, they, they, this is a group of kids that wants to be known as the group that restored pirate football in a lot of ways. Right. Right. And, you know, people that haven't, uh, you know, been, uh, been in that situation at this level are delusional as to what it takes. Uh, it's, uh, you know, it's, it, it's hard to win. Uh, obviously, you know, this is my fifth head coaching job, and I've taken over, you know, a lot of programs that you know, we're losing programs, and we've turned them around, and, you know, we'll get this one turned around too. But it, it's not going to happen just by snapping your fingers. It takes a lot of hard work, a lot of dedication, uh, and it takes, you know, the right kind of culture. Uh, and I, I really do like our kids a lot. Uh, they're just they're strong character kids. They want to win. Uh, you know, they're learning every single day uh they're giving effort uh we've got to continue to stay positive with them continue to develop them i mean everybody's got to work as hard as they can and you know this is the point uh in in these deals where it is the hardest um and i hate we didn't have the spring and summer uh you know i know most everybody didn't have the spring and summer but uh you know when you're rebuilding a program and you have a young roster that is critical so uh you know, it's uh, it's something where everybody's working as hard as they can right now, and you know you're going to see improvement. You'll see improvement every week. Uh, now you're going to see better competition every week too. So uh, you know you're going to have opportunities down the stretch to win ball games, and you know as we improve, then you know we'll win the ones that uh, you know that we win. So um, I think we still have a great shot to have a a, a, a solid season. And uh, I certainly think that uh, this this future for this group that we have in the locker room right now is bright. Bulls of uh, South Florida in the game Saturday night at Raymond James Stadium. Coach Mike Houston with us uh, a little bit on, on South Florida. Uh, they've played a lot of guys at uh, quarterback. Jordan McLeod, who, uh, who played against ECU last year and uh, I think threw a couple of touchdowns, if I recall, in that game. Uh, maybe they've settled on him. At uh, quarterback, I think he played in the second half against uh, Cincinnati. Yeah, with, I think so. Yeah. Uh, what? What? You know, obviously you're you're maybe getting ready for him, maybe Marsh. Uh, but if, if if you know if it is McLeod, in other words, uh, you've seen a l- there's a little bit of film on him. You've seen him before, but obviously uh, this is a South Florida team that uh, has had some some issues on offense this year. Uh, what have you seen from them on on tape offensively? Well, I mean, I think, you know, they've battled a lot of things that everybody's battling is that, you know, they had a lot of guys out against Notre Dame, uh, COVID related. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, that's, it's tough. Now you, there's, there's things right now this year that's beyond just injuries. Um, and so, you know, did not play well. Uh, you know, they've, they've got several, you know, very quality players at the quarterback position. And I think they've been trying to figure out which one fits them best. Um, you know, I think just looking at the films, McLeod, you know, as soon as he entered the ball game, he has the chemistry with those receivers from playing and being the starter last year. And I thought he played well against Cincinnati. Um, now, they turned the ball over a lot against Cincinnati. Right, yeah. Uh, but I think, you know, the fact that they kept the game as close as it was with those turnovers uh, is a credit to just, uh, you know, the quality of the, of the roster that they have. But uh, McLeod, you know, really kind of settled him down and moved the ball effectively there in the second half. 
Um, and so I do expect to see him. I mean, certainly he has a very talented surrounding cast, and they've got speed at every skill position on offense that is, you know, pretty elite. Um, so, uh, you know, they just got to get the right trigger man there, and, you know, you'll see them play better and better as the season goes on. Uh, McLeod's another one of those guys, too, that, that can run a little bit, so that is uh, another guy that uh, yep. possesses that that the Pirates uh, will, will face. Uh, Coach, defensively, what uh, can you give us as far as what you all have, have noticed that uh, South Florida is doing this year under a new head coach? Well, they're big, they're athletic, um, you know, so they, you know, they got the, the, the ability there on that side. It's a new scheme. Um, it's a multiple, you know, three down, four down scheme. You know, they play a three safety scheme, which, you know, we, we, we got a couple of teams in this league to play that scheme. And, um, you know, I thought they played very, very well against Cincinnati, you know, to, to turn the ball over as much as they did and to play as solid as they did on the defensive side of the ball. Um, you know, I thought they, they competed very well and showed significant improvement. And part of that improvement was they had, you know, the, some of their players back, uh, you know, from, uh, you know, from not having them against Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I expect to see a quality defense. Uh, you know, it's going to be a great atmosphere down there, Raymond James Stadium. I think that they're going to allow uh, 11,000 fans. Oh, wow. Uh, into, the, into the game. So, uh, you know, you at least you may not have a full stadium, but you'll have, you know, the biggest crowd we've played in front of this year. So, uh, you know, it would be another great opportunity for our kids. Uh, second road game for a lot of our kids. And, you know, so they should be a little more settled with the routine there. Uh, first night game. So, uh, you know, it, uh, you know, you have Saturday to have a little bit more, uh, you know, walk-through time, rest time, to get ready for kickoff Saturday night. And I was just about to ask you that as far as uh, the travel – schedule uh similar in some ways i have to imagine as far as you'll have to wait till results are in on both sides you all get there maybe the friday routine is is fairly familiar but then there's now with the young team saturday trying to to keep them engaged but not overload them i guess leading up to the game yeah i mean we'll talk about it throughout the week just how we handle saturday it's one of those things where you know you get to sleep a little bit more you know you're not right. a crack of dawn yeah and, uh, you know, you get up, you eat breakfast, you do meetings, which we usually don't have time for meetings on Saturday. You do a walkthrough. Uh, you get a little time off their feet. Uh, and then you have pregame meal. After you eat pregame meal, it's the same routine. But, right. you know, you, 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 you also had in all, added in all the, all the COVID protocols this year. So having a little more time is a good thing. Coach, when you're on the road like that uh, with these COVID protocols, um, and, and you have those meals, I guess they're a lot like, uh, the, the, the meals that you would have, um, in Greenville as a team. I mean, guys are, are kind of divided maybe strategically, uh, not only so yep. many to a table. I mean, I know these yep. hotels have ballrooms. You, you, you guys might be using every single square foot of the, these ballrooms. I have to imagine. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, you can't, you can't serve yourselves. So it's not buffet style to where the kids can serve their own plate. So. You know, the staff that's there, you know, gloves and masks and everything, and kids have masks, and, you know, the, the staff prepares the plates for them, so that slows everything down. You're really spread out, uh, so you do have to have, you know, larger areas or multiple larger areas. So, you know, it's, it's like everything else with the COVID protocols. You know, you, you like even Friday, you got to wait on the antigen test yeah. before you meet. Yeah. You, you meet, you walk through, you got to have a mask on, you, uh, you finish up uh, – you know, walk through, you shower, you have to eat lunch before you get on the bus. You know, usually we'd, we'd grab a bag lunch and get on the bus and right. get on the way. You can't do that, can't do that anymore. 
Uh, it's just, you know, a lot of stuff you have to eat before you get on the bus after the game. So that makes it later getting, you know, getting to the airport when you're, when you're leaving. So it's just, it makes for, you know, that's why I say when you have a seven o'clock game, it just decompresses so much of that mm-hmm. schedule with the COVID protocols. So it, it will be, you know, not quite as hurried this weekend. Yeah. Uh, coach, uh, as far as keys or points of emphasis this week, what will you all be uh, preaching to your club? Well, I think correcting the mistakes we made last week, number one, that's the big thing. You know, control what you can control. We can definitely do things better. Um, we can definitely, you know, correct the mistakes in protection. We can definitely, you know, correct some of the mistakes in coverage. Uh, we can we can definitely try to do a better job of making sure that, uh, you know, our, our guys are, are more prepared this week because we have another week of experience. Um, I think that, you know, it's going to come down to, you know, who takes advantage of the other team's mistakes. Um, you know, I think it's going to come down to turnovers again. Uh, you know, both teams have had multiple turnovers in uh, each game this year, and that's and that's been something that's you know hurt us, and it's hurt them too. So, uh, you know, doing a better job with taking care of the football. Um, you know, I want to see you know some of the pre-snap, post-snap penalties. Uh, you know, we got to get those cleaned up. You know, that's uh, not something that's been characteristic of our teams historically. So. Uh, Got to get that cleaned up from the first two weeks. Um, you know, made some improvements in some areas this week, and then had some others that, you know, are frustrating. So, um, you know, it's it's just going to come down to execution, and uh, you know, our kids are going to play hard. Uh, you know, I'm I'm going to continue to push them to play at a higher intensity level, uh, but it comes, it's going to come down to execution. Coach, as always, uh, we appreciate the time here on Tuesday, and uh, best of luck this week at South Florida. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot for having me on. Our pleasure, Coach. Uh, ben Byram's going to update you on some things here coming up in a little bit. Uh, and uh, we'll have some more of uh, the coach's comments a bit later. This is the Patrick Johnson Show on the flagship station of the Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Testing, testing. Is this thing live? Outkick with Clay Travis, the Dan Patrick Show, and Adam Gold all right here. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up right here on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. 94.3 The Game. Football without fans? No problem. We've had your 50-yard line seat for Pirate football all season long here on 94.3 The Game. The latest info and podcast of the Patrick Johnson Show right here online at 94.3thegame.com. And keep up with the game and your list of favorite 94.3 The Game personalities on social media at 94.3 The Game on Twitter and like us on Facebook. The flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Your home of the ECU Pirates, Clay Travis, Dan Patrick, and Adam Gold. Hashtag lots of options. 94.3 The Game, Eastern Carolina's home for sports. You're looking at a big sports fan right here. And now, back to the P-Man. The Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Some more uh, Van Halen. Eddie Van Halen dead at uh, 65. Not terrible. So, Ben, uh, you know, obviously this is in my uh, wheelhouse. Your little uh, memories of Eddie Van Halen are a little different, even though you appreciated all the music. Yeah. 
I, but you uh, had like uh, the Guitar Hero Eddie Van Halen deal. Yeah, I was really big into Guitar Hero as a kid, and like a lot, a lot. The way I was introduced to a lot of bands and like heavy metal and rock was through the video games, and there was the Van Halen Guitar Hero game, and that was like my introduction to Van Halen when I was like six, seven years old. Yeah, got introduced to Aerosmith, all types of different music that way. Early on, a lot of the stuff we play on here. And yeah, we like. yeah, yeah. All makes sense now. It's all coming together. It's terrible that we are, we're celebrating Rocktober and a guitar legend has, has left us. It's terrible. It really is. Yeah. Uh, not Kenny Rogers. Great Twitter follow. Uh, basically, uh, I'm looking up this tweet. This is a great tweet he had. Uh, let's see here. If you have children and love them, download the Van Halen album 1984. To let them know music doesn't always, I uh, didn't always used to suck as much as it does today. One of the all-time greats right there. <laughs> Amen. I get a retweet. Uh, let's see. 56 for the low tonight. Uh, 84 tomorrow. Tomorrow's kind of the hot day of the week. And then 59 in clear skies Wednesday. Sunny Thursday, 77. Friday, 73. Saturday, uh, calling for a 40% chance of rain and... 573. 77 fair skies right now. Uh, in case you missed uh, Coach Houston, we have some more. And I would say a little more testy Coach Houston. Uh, wouldn't you, Ben, uh, from the press conference earlier today? Oh, yeah. He was not happy. He was he was ready to get after the media is the way I, was what I took away from it. Well, maybe certain people. He heard a, he heard a lot of things. A lot of uh, little I'm birdies. sure he has. I'm sure Talking he has. A lot has. of junk. Yeah. Well, it's the MO of some. Me included. Uh, we'll, We'll get Ben Byram uh, in the clear now because he's going to do an update, but uh, our pirate report in just a minute. Uh, but right now, Ben. Thanks, Patrick. Ben Byram here for your 94th of the game sports update. UNC Wilmington has identified three athletic programs with coronavirus clusters. The programs include Seahawks women's basketball, softball, and men's soccer. University claims that there are 18 total cases of COVID-19 in their athletic department. From the NFL, after a group of positive tests canceled their matchup between the Steelers, the Titans have finally been cleared of any positive tests and will be allowed to open their facilities Wednesday. As for their future foe in Pittsburgh, they are still seeking approval from the league and the Players Association to be able to return to practice. Injuries continue to plague Tampa Bay's offense as tight end O.J. Howard has been placed on injured reserve after tearing his Achilles. And Patriots quarterback Cam Newton is still positive for the coronavirus. Reports claim that he is asymptomatic and not experiencing any, any symptoms, meaning he could be cleared to return within five days. From the MLB, just wrapping up, second-seeded Atlanta Braves just defeated the six-seeded Miami Marlins 9-5 in Game 1 of their series. After being down 4-3 in the bottom of the seventh, the, the Braves bounce back with a 6-1 rally to take the lead. Later night at 8-37's Game 2 between the second-seeded Oakland A's. They host the Houston Astros. After taking Game 1, the Astros will field Fran Frambler Valdez on the mound. Well, the A's will start Sean Munia, the current odds favor the Astros in that game. And breaking news from the world of hockey, is one of the best players in the NHL and Oilers center Connor McDavid has tested positive for COVID-19. People close to McDavid claim that he's doing well and only experiencing mild symptoms. If you're a 94th of the game sports update, I'm Ben Barman. We'll hear more from Mike Houston after this quick time out. 
ECU football on 94.3 The Game. Because you can't spell Pirate Game Day without us. Oh, yeah. We're pumping you up pregame all the way through the final whistle and beyond. Right here on the Pirate IMG Sports Network. Get your ECU football fix thanks to our IBX Media Pirate Partners. Transportation Impact, Moore's Old Time Barbecue, Fantastic Sam's, and Caribsy. We are the Pirates of ECU. 94-3, the game. Pirate football lives on game days right here. Here we go. Hot, hot. On the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. 94-3, the game. our conversation with Coach Mike Houston a little earlier. Well, we've got some uh, other things uh, for you here on our Pirate Report today. Uh, that is uh, some comments from the press conference from Coach Houston. But if you missed that or you missed any of our uh, previous shows, we've really had some great guests the last several months. Uh, go to our brand new revamped website, 943thegame.com. The show podcast posts uh, really quickly after the program's over. And you can uh, take a listen to uh, this and other Patrick Johnson shows uh, online. 943thegame.com, Spotify, Google, Apple, wherever you download your favorite podcast. Uh, Earlier today, Mike Houston uh, addressing the media. Quite the opening statement from the coach today. Tuesday, 1130 a.m. The sun has shone for the last two days. Uh, Nobody died. Um have seen our families since Saturday night. So the coaches have been hard at work. Uh, Kids had a good Sunday. Um, Excited about our matchup this week with South Florida. Uh, Look forward to getting some things corrected that we need to get corrected after the game against Georgia State uh, Saturday. Uh, Disappointing not be able to get a win down there um, against a very good uh, team. Uh, And uh, excited about the next matchup. He was in, uh, was Coach Houston asked uh, a couple of questions, the challenges that the Bulls will present to the Pirates and also some of the areas that uh, need to be corrected. Well, I think, you know, South Florida, just like we saw last year, I mean, they have, they have a lot of the same guys back this year. So, uh, you know, good size, uh, really good team speed, both sides of the ball, skill positions. Um you know, defensively, I thought they played uh, very well against um, Cincinnati. Uh, you know, they turned the ball over a lot on offense last week and still held Cincinnati to 28 points. Uh, so I think that says a lot about uh, how their defense is coming around. I think you kind of have to throw the Notre Dame game out uh, with as many players as they were playing without uh, due to COVID. So, uh, I mean, they have, they have kids playing against Notre Dame that aren't even in the two deep. So uh, I think you got to kind of toss that game out a little bit. Um, you know, they've had their issues at quarterback, uh, trying to figure out who, you know, they got talent. Uh, they got four different quarterbacks they've played, all four talented players, uh, one transfer from North Carolina, another one uh, grad transfer from um, is one of the SWAC schools. And uh, then they've got the, the freshman, number 12, and then they got McLeod, who played against us last year. Um, you know, 12 started against Cincinnati. I mean, obviously, just an extremely talented uh, young athlete, but he's a true freshman, and he looked like a true freshman. Really talented. It's just, you know, it's no different than any other kid in that situation. He has not seen everything uh, 
you know, that he's going to see on a, on a down after down deal. And he struggled a little bit. Uh, you know, they played, uh, they played the kid from North Carolina. Uh, he did some okay things. Uh, you know, it looks like he's just a kind of a, you know, a guy that just really knows how to operate the offense has a good arm, uh, pocket guy. Uh, but really McLeod, uh, I thought came in and, and gave them the best opportunity to score and move the offense down the field against Cincinnati. Now, obviously, they, they, they see those kids every day, so they have different opinions. But uh, I thought that he had better chemistry with his wideouts. Uh, his mobility uh, gave you the run threat. Uh, I thought he threw the ball better than what he threw it against us last year, and I thought he played well against us last year. So I think you'll see McLeod. But again, I'm, I'm, I'm the coach at, uh, at East Carolina, not South Florida. So they, you know, they may have other things going on there. This is our pirate report. Mike Houston was asked to assess uh, upon looking at the film, the offensive line, which quite frankly struggled mightily against uh, Georgia State. So uh, Coach Houston assessing the guys up front, the big uglies. I wouldn't say not knowing what to do as much as just experience in doing it. And, and what I mean by that, I'm, you know, Nashad Strother has played three different positions in two weeks, and as 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 you know, you know, a, a, just a normal person may say, you know, going from from right guard, right tackle to left tackle is not a big deal. You know, it it's still it's different, and there's different things. Or you're working with a different guy. Um, I think there's some of that. I think there's you know Avery Jones playing his first you know first college start. Um, you know. We didn't play well together. I think that's the big thing I saw. You know, you had small mistakes that were causing us to get beat. Um, when if we take the right footwork or we work, you know, the, you work better together on the sort to one side, um, you don't get beat. And so I think there is a continuity factor. I think there is a youth factor. Um, you know, you don't have Deontay and Noah right now. So um, yes, you're two, two of your more experienced linemen. And so you brought in you know, guys that have not been together as much. So uh, was there some of, you know, a player here and there getting beat one-on-one? -on -one? Yeah, it happened a couple of times. The bigger problem, it was just the mistakes that I would attribute to either continuity or just familiarity with the position they were playing, you know, last Saturday. Uh, our pirate report, of course, we talked to Coach Houston at length uh, beginning of the show, but in case you missed it, recapping some of his press conference today. And uh, he talked about uh, some of the things as far as challenges, uh, some of the things as far as challenges that this program has uh, had to endure the last several months. We didn't have spring practice. You didn't have summer workouts. I mean, there's, you know, and I'm, I'm one year in, you know, to this job. So, yeah, it's, 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 it really, it screwed us a little bit, but it, nobody cares. I mean, once we start playing games, nobody cares. So nobody wants to hear excuses. Nobody wants to hear the reasons, you know, all they, all they care about is, you know, you didn't, you didn't beat Georgia State. So there's lots of reasons. I'll tell, I, I, the one thing that really does piss me off is when people take shots at the kids because if there's any group that it's not their, it's, it's not their fault and that they're trying very hard to do what we're asking them to do and they want to, they want to go out and play at a high level, it's, it's our players. I like the players in our locker room. We have good culture in there. They're, they're positive. They. They're, they're going to play hard Saturday. They're going to play better Saturday. They're going to continue to improve. Um, and, I, and I'm excited. I'm excited to get to go out and spend the afternoon with them. So obviously uh, ECU did not play well, and it was uh, against a, a fired-up Georgia State team. 
And yeah, I, I think some of these comments so far have been quite interesting from Coach Houston during his press conference today. Uh, he got kind of the question that we heard a lot of last year comparing the build or the rebuild of this program to jobs he's had previously. He was asked that again. This job is very similar to Lenore Ryan, very similar to the situation we inherited there. Um, there's some similarities to the Citadel, but uh, you know, probably more to Lenore Ryan. I said that, I said that many times. You know, it, it pisses people off sometimes when I say that because you know they don't want to don't hear that but you know it's this is a great institution it's it's a phenomenal place to be the football coach uh you know it's got a really bright future uh we're excited to be here you know we're in the middle of a complete rebuild and that's that is what it is um you know this the the challenges are all the things that you talk about when you just like you said i mean we have so many new players we have so many young players even our old players are young I mean, you know, Holton, who you consider an old player, you know, he's got this year and two more years after this. Um, and he's one of our old guys, you know, so uh, you, you have all the development stuff. And it's so the challenges are just, you know, getting guys uh, on the same page, whether you're talking about offensive line, secondary, the defense as a whole, um, you know, the wide receivers in Holton. You know, a couple of new running backs, whomever it is, it's getting everybody on the same page. It's, you know, getting everybody to where they're functioning together better as one. It's cutting down on the mistakes. Uh, and the, that's really the big thing is cutting down on the mistakes. You know, our, our, our players would come in and watch the film and it's, you know, you cut out a half a dozen mistakes here and there and it's a completely different ball game. Well, you know, that's what happens when you play veteran teams. You know, you make a mistake, they make you pay for it. So, you know, that's, that's our big focus this week is cutting down the mistakes, whether it's a, you know, a pre-snap penalty procedurally, or it's a, you know, a, you know, working together in protection, or it's a, you know, this, the, the secondary is rotating this way. It's, you know, we got to make sure that we cut down on the mistakes and we got to continue to push them to play hard and play fast and, you know, defensively run and hit offensively attack and get North. It's, it's those things. Uh, going back to the offensive line, Mike Houston asked by the inimitable Mal Al Myatt, almost called him Mal Myatt, but Al Myatt uh, asking about Deontay Smith's absence last Saturday and what that does to this pirate offensive front. Well, you know, Deontay's our most experienced lineman, so obviously, you know, not having him last week, um, you know, it's 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 going to leave a void there. Um, uh, Nashad Strother's a very good player. He's going to be a really good player. Um, and just, I, I can't say enough positive things about him, but you, know, <laughs> you guys know better than I do how many starts Deontay has under his belt, but it's a large number. Um, whereas, you know, Nashad, that was his second college start and he started at two different positions. So just the experience factors, what you miss, uh, you know, the Deontay always has a high motor. Uh, so, you know, you have that too. Um, so, you know, it's, I'll be glad when he's back. Uh, I do expect him back uh, fairly soon. Uh, I don't know if it'll be by the weekend or not. Coach, going off that, is Noah, is he getting any closer? And then also Demetrius Mooney, can you give us an update maybe on his status? Um, Noah, uh, Noah's progressing. It's probably still going to be a while, uh, but he's progressing. Uh, he's, he's great with a positive attitude right now. Um, you know, he's trying to find his role as, you know, a supporter of the guys on the field. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really proud of him with kind of the attitude he's taking with that. 
uh, Demetrius, you know, he battled some injury stuff, battled some, uh, some health stuff there for a while. You know, he's, um, you know, he's back in the, in the, in the role as far as traveling and, uh, you know, did some good things on special teams there uh, Saturday. And so he's, you know, he's finding his spot. Pirate Report, uh, this was a question asked about the development of Mason Garcia, the philosophy of uh, putting Mason Garcia in. We saw him in a, in a couple of plays and some very late mop-up duty uh, in Saturday's game. And Mike Houston addressing that with the media via Zoom uh, earlier today. He's very similar to what I was talking about with the South Florida uh, kid. You know, he's, he's a freshman. You know, that was the first time he'd ever, you know, had a road game in his entire life, his first college snaps ever. Um, great attitude, uh, just, I mean, an enjoyable kid to be around, working his tail off. Uh, he's getting better every day. We're getting him as many reps during the week as we can get him. Uh, and, and we'll continue to try to get him game reps uh, when the situations arise. Uh, at the same time, you know, you know, we're going out there playing to, to win. And right now, Holton's experience uh, and Holton's ability gives us a better chance right now. You know, there will be a day, uh, you know, when Mason Garcia is the starting quarterback here. And, you know, when that day comes, he'll be ready for it. So uh, that was an interesting answer there at the end, including Ehlers. There's been uh, certainly a lot of discussion among the fan base uh, with that this week. Uh, the, the next question was about travel and, and the age of COVID and how this will be different. And that's something that we talked to Mike about in the interview earlier in the show. Uh, the next uh, question about, or the question after that, I should say, uh, dealt with, uh, you know, maybe catching some glimpses of what I think uh, is a rebuild that is going to take a lot longer than a lot of Pirate fans maybe had hoped for, at least based on the results of last Saturday. I mean, this is still very much a reclamation project and a rebuilding project. Uh, Mike Houston uh, addressing uh, some of the uh, bright spots that he has seen at times. I'm encouraged by spots. Uh, and then, you know, when you look at the periods where we um, have not played as well, uh, it's usually one of those, you know, you got a mistake and it's, and it's, and it's usually a, you know, somebody set something the wrong way or somebody, you know, fit something the wrong way. And it's usually with a younger player. Um, you know, and so those things are going to continue to improve. I thought we played, you know, fairly well in the second half uh, defensively. You know, give up one score there in the, you know, I think with 20 seconds left on the clock uh, after, uh, you know, not getting a first down there deep in our own territory. So um, that's a pretty solid second half. Now, the first half, you know, we had some big plays that we gave up and the big plays resulted from mistakes. So we got to get those corrected. That is uh, today's Pirate Report. Lots of interesting voices in there. Some people uh, being heard on a wide range, perhaps. Uh, let us uh, take a time out, and uh, we'll update you on a few things and uh, send you off into the evening when we uh, get everything finished up here on the Patrick Johnson Show in just a minute. Go ahead, Steve. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up. I can't wait. On your flagship home of Pirate Football, 94.3 The Game and 94.3thegame.com. Happy hours are always a swashbuckling good time with the P-Man. Happy hour for me never starts till after five. Me either. This is only number three. Let's get back to the Patrick Johnson Show here on 94.3 The Game, the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. This from the Van Hagar collection, which I, w I was a fan of 
band with Sammy Hagar. I, I'm not one of those divided guys. Yeah, I like a it's little good. bit of both. Yeah, it's a good tune. Now, Eddie was an accomplished piano player. And I think played some of this. Of course, Eddie Van Halen, if you're just joining us, was announced late this afternoon. Uh, dead after a pretty lengthy battle with cancer. Uh, Bam is playing tonight, Ben. Is that right? He is. We just found out. Okay. Had so a Bam, neck injury, I believe. Yeah, he's uh, he's going tonight. As uh, the Heat will try to tie that at, a, at two games apiece. Who knows? That might be the big difference. Could be. Could be. I think the Lakers win tonight. Uh, Yankees will try to take a 2-0 series lead. They're playing the Rays at 8. Dodgers-Padres, game one of that National League series at 9.30. Braves take a 1-0 series lead over the Fighting Fish, 9-5. And uh, Astros are trying to take a 2-0 lead in their series with Oakland. Down on the left coast, it's 3-2. Astros over the A's into the fourth. Uh, thanks to Coach Houston. Thanks to the ref, Philip Pilkington. Shout out to him. Great job today. And thanks to our guy, Ben Byram. Uh, tomorrow, Brian Mull from The Athletic. You heard it right. The Athletics' Brian Mull joins us tomorrow. Talking golf will also have uh, some more comments from Coach Houston. That's all coming your way on The Patrick Johnson Show. Have a good evening.